Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. For message notes and links to big things going on at Hope, check out the notes section below. When you're done listening to this episode, take a minute to follow us here, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and download our free app. From there, you can find all of our recent message content, additional resources, and more. If you like what you hear today, we encourage you to share this with your friends or family. Enjoy. Well, hello, Hope family. Hey, well, good morning. Good morning. Good good afternoon. If you're listening to this in the evening, good morning to those uh, in the room. Hey, look, let's jump right in. You ever get to a place in your life uh, where you realize you just need to take a moment uh, and, and look back at where you've been? Uh, it's the thing that a lot of us do kind of at the end of the year. Uh, some of us do it to start off a new year. A lot of times it's to celebrate the things that have happened in our lives. Sometimes it's to really recalibrate uh, a little bit. Uh, some of us, uh, myself included, we've uh, had the privilege of learning that we call it counseling. Anybody else? You know, like anybody had a year like that? Don't, don't mock me. Some of you need to be in counseling too. We all need it. Look, my hope My hope is that your answer to that question is yes. Uh, And here's why, because if we don't take the time to evaluate where we are, we have no real opportunity to see where it is that we're headed. And so for that reason, once a year here at Hope, uh, we take one weekend, normally toward the end of November, first part of December, to really take a look at three things. One, to celebrate what it is that God's doing in the midst of our church family. Two is to evaluate uh, what God is doing right now in the midst of our church. And then three is to look ahead to all that it is that God is calling us into. That's what this weekend is all about. Looking back, looking forward, I'm telling you, you are going to leave encouraged. Now I do wanna recognize that as a church, especially a church like Hope, it, is very, it would be very easy to focus on the wrong things. And so to make sure that we don't do that, I want to focus on a passage of scripture in our time together that I really believe points to the heart of Jesus, which is pretty important because this is his church, all right? This this isn't my church, this isn't your church, this is Jesus' church. And so we're going to do that together. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9. If you don't know, uh, Matthew is right about halfway through the Bible overall. Uh, It's the first book in the New Testament. Uh, And then for a little bit of context, uh, while you're turning there, if you don't have your Bible, it's fine. We'll have them up on the screens here. Uh, In Matthew 10, which is just after chapter 9, Jesus is with his disciples. And uh, math still works, even in the Bible. Jesus is about to send out his 12 disciples to announce the kingdom of God is near, to share the good news, essentially to go and do ministry. And he says to them, give as freely as you have received. Uh, So this idea of, hey, I've told you the good news. I want you to go and share that with other people. Full transparency. When I started preparing this message, my plan was to communicate about a passage of Jesus sending out his disciples to go and do ministry and then leverage that to show how we as a church should go out and do ministry in the community around us. And then God interrupted. And uh, I was wrestling with the content and honestly I was confused because I actually, I know what the biblical text says, like what I was going to communicate was not wrong but I just didn't have peace. And so what I did was I went back, I started reading Matthew chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. I got to Matthew chapter nine and I stumbled across what it is that I believe God has for us as we kind of wrap up 2023 and head into 2024. So Matthew chapter nine, verse 35, it says this. Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease. First, right out of the gate, I want you to recognize this. Jesus was with the people. 
all right? Jesus is always with the people. And that's quite a bit different than what we could tend to think about at a church. It's like, how do we get people to come to church? You know, Jesus' ministry wasn't based around how do I get people to necessarily come to me, right? And I don't know if there's much better news on planet Earth than to know that the Son of God does not expect us to work our way back to God, but instead, he found a way to come to us. That's what the Christmas season is all about, right? Which we're in right now, so welcome into that. Celebrating Jesus coming down off his throne, putting on skin, being born as a baby, walking among us, teaching us how to live, and then ultimately paying the price that we deserve to pay on a cross. But Jesus goes to the people. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, because he was with them, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And this is where we start to see the heart of Jesus. And I'm telling you, if we begin to evaluate anything or to look ahead towards what it is that God's calling us to without catching this, we'd be missing it. He saw people in their confusion and their helplessness like sheep without a shepherd and he had compassion on them. So just by a show of hands right now, uh, so this is participation here. Uh, when we look out into the world right now, would anyone be willing to admit that when we see people, we can see people that are helpless and confused? Anyone? Yeah. And how, how, how many of us would be so vulnerable as to say, you know what, when I look at my own life right now, I find myself feeling helpless and confused. And so if we see that in the world around us, man, we would do ourselves well just to pause and ask ourselves this question. Is it not possible that what the world really needs right now is a bit more compassion? I want you to know that when I read this, uh, I realized why I didn't have peace. I, I was planning on getting up here and giving you a message about this is the type of church that we're supposed to do and these are the people that we're supposed to equip. This is what it's supposed to look like. And while I believe that we do need to hear that, what I actually think we need to hear first, we need to be reminded of the compassion that Jesus has towards us in our life. Amen. So man, I just want you to know right now, if Jesus were to walk into the room where you're sitting, he would see your hurt and he would see your brokenness and he would have compassion. Amen. That's our savior. He sees your brokenness. He sees me burning the candle at both ends. He sees me trying to hustle to be a dad, a, a husband, a coach, a pastor, a leader of a large organization, a son to some parents that are getting a little bit older. We heard Clay talk to us about that just last week. But he sees your hurt of going into yet another holiday season without that loved one that you miss by your side. He sees the year that you've had. And man, so many of us have had a tough year. And I'm talking like uh, uh, just on our elders, right? We have elders whose spouses have lost significant others that are, that are mourning the loss still that can't get over it. We have staff that have labored through things like breast cancer in their family. We have congregation members who've lost children. I mean, this has been a tough year. He sees your addiction. He sees your desire to be a better parent. He sees your desire to figure out what in the world you're supposed to do when you graduate school. And he has compassion. That's our God. He's a God of compassion. And so if you're just kind of coming in here, turning on this podcast or whatever for the first time because somebody sent you this, I want you to know that's who our God is. He's a God of compassion. But what does Jesus do? What does that fuel him towards? Verse 37, he says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. So he turns to his followers and he says, hey, look, we got a big problem. There's a lot of work to be done, but there's not a lot of workers. And notice he doesn't say, so go do it. That's not the first thing he says. He says, I want you to pray, which I'm convinced that we probably don't do enough of as a church. He says, I want you to pray to the Lord and ask him for more workers. And then notice what he does. Matthew chapter 10. I don't know how much space is in between Matthew chapter 9 and 10. Maybe I could have studied a little better. Sorry. Like, I don't know if it was five minutes, five days. But he tells them to pray. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and then he gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And then in one of the sneakiest moments in leadership that you'll ever see recorded here, it, then he, verse five says, Jesus then sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons and give as freely as you received. Again, he said, the good news that I've given to you, go and give that to other people. Does anyone realize what just happened here? Like Jesus and his disciples, they were going through the town and Jesus was doing all this stuff. He's healing people, right? He's announcing the good news of the kingdom. He has compassion because he sees all this brokenness. He tells his disciples, hey, there's a lot of brokenness out here. You all need to pray to God that he would send more workers. And then they do that. And then he makes them be the answer to the prayer that he just told them to pray. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, the disciples are real people, right? They're not just characters in a book. Like they're kind of walking around with Jesus and like Jesus says pray and then they pray and says, okay, God heard your prayer, now go do it. They're like, wait, no, what? No. That's like me saying, God, I feel so convicted. I want you to pray. I, I pray, God, that you would just bring miraculous health to my marriage. And then Jesus shows up and says, hey, heard your prayer. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to listen a little better. I want you to be a little more gentle. And I want you to outdo your wife in showing honor. I mean, no, that's not what I prayed. I prayed that you would do a miracle in my marriage, not that you would do a miracle in my life. And, and I, man, when I read this, now look, you can't miss this. I thought, how many times are we the answer to our own prayers? Man, you can't miss Jesus' plan here. His plan is to send those who have experienced his compassion and understand his compassion to go to the ones who need compassion. Two things we gotta pull from this. Jesus has compassion for us in our brokenness, full stop. Right, right where we are in our brokenness and some of us desperately need to be reminded of that as we head into this busy holiday season. I did, I know why God slowed me down in this text because I needed something. But then secondly, we got to realize we are led to show that compassion to the world around us. That's the call for his followers because compassion fuels the mission. And so as we try to evaluate ourselves as a church, as we try to look ahead, I think we should do so through a similar lens. Like, are we lifting up the compassion of Jesus? And, and is it driving us to go to where the people are, right? Not just expecting them to come to our church services or our Bible studies. And, and look... I'm all for weekend service growth, all right? Uh, let that be known. We've seen a bunch of it around here. We're up like 15% year over year. But I'm more for God's people experiencing the compassion of Jesus and then going out and taking that to the world around us, a forgiven people that's fueled to share that compassion and to share the gospel with other people because compassion fuels the mission. That's Jesus' heart, all right? Uh, now, I think that we have that in full view. 
Now I think we're in a place where we can kind of evaluate a bit of what we've seen God do through the life of the church and what he's calling us into. Uh, if you don't know, uh, our mission as a church, it's to love people where they are and then encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So that means whatever people's background are, whatever they come from, whatever they're struggling with, whatever they're wrestling with, whatever their beliefs, we're gonna love them because that's what Jesus does. But we don't wanna leave them there. We wanna encourage them to grow in a relationship with Jesus because we believe ultimately that's where abundant life comes from. Now at a church our size, we could put our energy and resources in a lot of different places to bring that to life. We've said, <coughs> pardon me, we've said to put our best foot forward uh, at loving people where they are, there's a few strategic places for uh, strategic areas that we must invest our energy if we want to address the helplessness and the confusion of the world around us. So those four areas, uh, we've said we must strengthen families by investing in marriage, parenting, and youth. Look, marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. Being a, did I get an amen for parenting is hard over there? <laughs> uh, being a middle schooler or a high schooler is hard, man. And the fabric of the biblical family is being torn man, like right in front of us by what we're seeing in the world around us. We must strengthen that. We said we must equip our church to be missionaries in their everyday lives. What the heck does that mean? Look, it's not easy to know how to follow Jesus in the workplace, in the corporate world. It's not easy to know how to follow Jesus right now in the school systems, in our classrooms, on our sport teams, right? Young people, like it's difficult. It's not easy to know how to follow Jesus in our communities in this politically correct world that we don't really know if they're for the church or against the church. And I think a lot of us kind of know the answer to that. So we gotta equip the church to do that. We've also said we must meet the needs of our community before they come to us. And that's locally and globally. And that's all about addressing the helplessness and the confusion. And then the fourth is gonna sound a little less spiritual than the others, but it's not. We've said we must leverage digital platforms to maximize our impact and reach. And the reason why that's important is because more and more people, or pardon, I'll say it this way, less and less people are waking up right now on Sunday morning and thinking, you know what I need to do? I need to go to church. And so we've got to find a way to create content, to create resources that we can put in your hands that can encourage you at home, that can encourage you at work, that can encourage you in the vehicle when you're driving to and from. And then it's also a resource that then you can then turn around and share with other people. So we've got to get better at this as a church. So Jesus comes to us with compassion. Compassion fuels the mission. Those are the areas that we've targeted as a church. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna look at some things at how that compassion, what the action that it's led to in our church over the last year. You're gonna, so I'm gonna rattle off some things. You're gonna be tempted to think, am I supposed to celebrate right now? Am I supposed to clap? Are we supposed to do the thing? Let's just kind of hold off for a minute, all right? We'll get to a spot at the end. I'll let you know when it's time to celebrate. And we're actually gonna celebrate across all of our campuses at the same time. So uh, here we go. Strengthening families, what does that look like? Re-engage. We have this class here at Hope. It's really more of an experience. It's called Re-engage. And I'm telling you, it's the best environment for strengthening marriages that I've ever seen. This year, we had over 400 men and women go through this class and come out with a healthier marriage. Family conversation guides. 
Like, what is that? It's a new initiative that we launched this year. The family should be the primary environment for discipleship in the life of family members, especially children. Believe it or not, it's not bring them to church and let them do it. Like we get them an hour a week, two hours a week. At best, they're with you hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So equipping families to be able to do that well, because we know a lot aren't, um, was the heart behind this family conversations guide. And so whether you know it or not, every single week you can get sent to your email or directly to your smartphone a conversation guide that has a few questions based out of the message that you sat in for 30 minutes during the worship service so that you can actually have conversations that matter in your home around the things of God. This year we had over two, two, <laughs> this year we had over 2,200 family members engaging in these conversations and we just launched it. If you're not engaged with that, you should be, all right? And so you'll find out more about how to jump in on that later. How about meeting the needs of our community? Local impact. We launched the Love Your School initiative this year where we were mobilized to go into schools right in our own neighborhoods to support teachers and find out the specific needs of the students right in our backyard. 357 people committed to loving 142 schools and we're just now beginning to see the impact. I mean, we're having like principals of schools and their weekly announcements going out to the masses, thanking them for what it is that Hope Community Church is doing in their school. Uh, we grew Fostering Hope, which is our ministry to foster, uh, to foster families. If you don't know, the foster care system is designed to make sure that children have homes and families when for whatever reason, their home life led to them not being able to stay with their family. There are children that will not have a home or a family this Christmas. And so we've committed to building support circles, to building small groups around foster families to make it a bit easier to keep going when in all honesty, it'd probably be a little easier just to quit. We also saw 354 book bags filled with supplies donated to Wake County Youth and Foster Care to start the school year this past year. About our food pantry. This is all about ministering to the food insecure of our communities. This year, 178,000 pounds of food was donated by you all through your generosity, 178,000 pounds of food to support 2,740 families. 111 book bags go home filled with food each weekend. Then they bring them back, they get filled up again, and then they take them home the next week. 111 book bags every single weekend go home filled with food to support under-resourced youth in our communities. Over 150 volunteers serve in our food pantry every single week. How about our partnership with Shiva Zion? We don't talk about that probably enough. Some of you are like... What, what did you say? Ship of who? Ship. Ship of Zion. I'll make sure I articulate that well. Ship is, is both a church and an outreach ministry that we really, honestly, we not only partner with, but we support substantially you know, financially to the tune of uh, north of $160,000 a year. But through that partnership, we raise awareness and support to rescue women out of human trafficking. Uh, to help with different healthcare initiatives. And that doesn't even touch the grassroots needs that Chris and Jacqueline Jones and Anissa and their team are actually meeting there in the community. That's just locally. How about globally? And this one blew me away when I read this. Through our support of 11 long-term global partners, the gospel is being shared, listen, on four continents reaching over 50 countries. Agape, in 2013, um, we partnered with Pastor Jean-Alix Paul, um, a Haitian pastor and leader, world-class leader, to launch a church similar to Hope in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, called Agape. They've grown every single year. We're about to celebrate their 10-year anniversary, and they are a light in the midst of an incredibly dark time. 
in their country. We contributed over $500,000 last year to Agape alone to support their staff, to support their ongoing building project, their building community center there, and to ensure the ongoing success, listen, of Espoir Vivant, which is their ministry to vulnerable women. Uh, it's very near and dear to my heart. My wife can help pioneer that ministry there. They just had 50 women graduate that program and then another 60 join in the fall. Through your generosity, I hope over $650,000 is going to global initiatives. That doesn't even include special gifts like this past month where we sent about $10,000 to support Jewish families in Israel that we have a personal relationship with. And some of you, and by the way, I'm not done yet. (laughs) We're we're getting there. If you knew all the things I had to cross off the list to get us out of here in time. But some of you are hearing that. You're like, we do all of that? Like I thought... I thought I just showed up at this place and they watched my kids for an hour and they gave me like a mediocre cup of coffee. I had no idea that. And look, I'm just kidding. Our coffee's good. And you show up because the music's awesome too. So I know why you're here. No, look, man, our vision as a church is to reach the triangle and to change the world. And we mean that. Like this is not about how do we just get a bunch of people in a room and grow some empire. We believe that Jesus has called us into the world to take his compassion and to change it. How about equip and empower our church? Could talk a lot about this, a lot of different areas. I'm gonna talk about Fuquay. We had a lot of people last year, a couple years ago that lived in Fuquay that said, man, we wanna be hope in Fuquay. The truth is we didn't have the resources or a place for them to meet to send them out. And so last year, it probably had a talk similar to this. I said, here's what we're gonna do this year, meaning last year, this year. We're gonna launch this crazy group of people into Fuquay and send them out as the church without a weekend gathering. We're just gonna let them show up at Apex on Sunday. And it's been beautiful. Um, so many stories, but I'm telling you, like they are getting it right. This is one of the stories from Matt Curtis, their campus pastor. Through the Love Your School initiative, we were able to identify 46 kids at need, in need at one of our partner schools, Fuquay Verena Elementary. Since August, our Backpack Buddy program has begun to meet the food insecurity of those needs. For our local Impact Beyond Christmas initiative, I'll tell you about that in a minute, those same children and their siblings have been sponsored by Hope Families to provide things they want for Christmas, things they need, and a hearty Christmas dinner. That is what empowered followers of Jesus fueled by compassion do. They don't even have a place to meet in their community, but they're being the church. And lastly, how about maximizing our reach through digital platforms? I'll say it again, less and less people waking up thinking they need to go to church. Jesus has a heart for the one. There's a parable of Jesus would be willing to leave the 99 sheep to go after the one. We have to continually find ways to get the gospel into the hands of people who desperately need it. That's led to two new initiatives for us under one title, Hope in Real Life. One is an app, which is going to be released. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. It's gonna be released in January. Secondly, is a podcast. We said, man, what's something that we can just get out there quick? And we realized, man, there's a lot of people out there looking for podcasts, asking all these questions. How do I have a healthier marriage? How do I thrive in the workplace? How do I find holistic health and deal with all the anxiety? Without a lot of prep, uh, preparation at all, we launched season one of the Hope in Real Life podcast. And almost immediately, we had like over 5,700 downloads. And so... Um, I'll tell you more about season two here in a moment, but we are, we're, we're doing all that we can do to gain traction, to put the gospel in places where it's desperately needed. On top of all that, all right, now let's kind of put a, put a cherry on the top of this thing. We've seen 15% growth across all of our campuses in and around the triangle. And I believe that's simply just the fruit of the church being the church and the community. And on top of that, and this is where we can celebrate. We can celebrate this above everything and then we'll celebrate all this stuff together at one time. This year we've seen 
230 baptisms, which is ultimately what it's all about, new life in Jesus. Could we right now, just across all of our campuses, celebrate what it is that God has done in the life of Hope this year? Yeah. A lot of you know that uh, I help I coach youth football and wrestling, and, and at times like this, it's really hard to like not get my pants kind of hiked up a little bit and really start clapping and cheering, but I'm also a pastor and on stage, and this stuff can go viral, and so I'm going to keep my stuff together. I know some of you uh, like uh, snapshots, and so I'm just going to highlight some things really quickly, uh, throw some numbers up here on the screen. Overall attendance, I mentioned to you, up 15% this year. Baptisms, up over 30% this year. That's incredible. At 2.30, I dream of a day where at Hope we're baptizing uh, over 1,000 people every single year. So just, man, I pray to God that he would be that gracious with this. Uh, serving, up 10% on the year, year over year. If you're looking at that and thinking, wait a minute, we've grown 15%, but serving's only grown 10%. That might mean there's more strain on some people. That's great. I'm glad you're paying attention. Hope you feel that. Uh, small groups. Uh, <clears throat> If you notice our small groups, overall connection is up 30% year over year. That looks great, okay? Everything's green up and to the right. I gotta be honest with you, everything is not like rainbows and ponies, okay? And so uh, we gotta talk about giving. Just for a minute, year over year, giving is down 2%. So if you're looking at that and you think, wait, so overall reach, our, our engagement is up 15%, but our giving is down 2%, that math doesn't really work. Thank you for paying attention. I agree. I agree with you. Um, what that means is we're actually doing more ministry for more people right now on less financial resources coming in regularly. Um, we're able to do that because we have some incredibly strong stewards of God, God's resources leading ministries. But I do want you to know that it's not sustainable. Like it's not sustainable forever. And when it comes to the church world, you know, if you really want to get down to it, there's only a few areas, only a couple areas you can really pull back. Uh, one is on the ministries that you're offering and two is in staffing. And being quite honest with you, we've, we have evaluated both. We'll continue to evaluate both and we've made, uh, we've made some changes. But man, we gotta, we gotta figure that out. Now I do wanna let you know, it's not all bad as it relates to giving. 3,000 families have given this year to support the mission and vision of Hope Community Church. Over 500 families have given to Hope this year for the first time. And if that's you, I wanna, wanna say thank you. Thanks for jumping in, in the game with us. Uh, I hope you see the impact that you're having in the world around us. The average family that's given to Hope is giving more than 4% over what they did last year. So that's incredible. But the bottom line is we've got about 60 less families engaged financially right now than we did this time last year. That's it. So I wouldn't be doing my job. This is your church. This is Jesus' church, but it's our church together if we didn't let you know where we were. But I do want to encourage you for a moment. If this is your church, whether if you've been here for a while or if you're a part of that new, gro that, that new growth, if you're experiencing the compassion of Jesus in your life, like if you were being impacted by the, 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 the community impact of this church, but you're not currently contributing to the mission, I want to encourage you to get in the game. Like if you have been blessed and this is your church, man, let, let's go in. 
And this is, I mean, yeah, this isn't about how do we just finish 2023 strong, which we need to do. But that, this is more like how do we set ourselves up in 2024 to start the year off the way that we need to, to chase after what I believe could be one of the most beautiful years that Hope Community Church has ever seen. This is probably one of those places we, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be the answer to our own prayers? That's probably enough of that. You guys are like, yes, yeah, let's, let's move on. Look, I would say that um, that sounds like a church that is experiencing the compassion of Jesus and sharing it with the world around us. That's a church that's loving people where they are and encouraging them to grow in their relationship with Christ. Look, uh, let's look ahead to 2024 just for a moment. I'm gonna keep the same four categories just to keep it simple. Uh, we know in 20, and I'm, I'm not gonna tell you everything. We got a whole year to let you know about all this stuff. I wanna hit some highlights. Uh, strengthening families. We know we need to continue to do that. We're launching a parenting class in 2024, similar to the re-engage model. It's gonna revolutionize how we strengthen families as a church. The launching, yes, yes. Launching a Fuquay, our Fuquay community. We are now, thanks to your generosity, we are launching that crazy group of folks in Fuquay out to meet weekly at Herbert Aikens Middle School beginning January 7th. And look, I pray it doesn't mess them up. I mean, you can, yeah, you can clap. You're like, should we celebrate that? Yeah. We're finally getting those folks out there meeting every single week. And I'm telling you, I think I'm going to be up here this time next year telling you that's our fastest growing campus. And I believe that with everything in my heart. Uh, real quick, young adults ministry and student ministry across all of our campuses. We don't talk about them a lot from up here. But I do want you to know there is a fire, like a spiritual fervor in our young people that want to get to know Jesus and actually live out what he has for life in a way. Like young people get a bad rap sometimes. I'm telling you guys, you need to wait and see. But God has got big things in store for our young people throughout this next year. Um, equipping and empowering our church. Uh, I just want you to hear me say this on behalf of our elders. We need to do a better job at establishing our church and the foundations of the faith. I think that's always the case as a church, but right now, like, just truth is just being like, just torn apart, you know, right in front of our faces, across media, across uh, what, what kids are learning in school. So we've got to do a better job at that. We're making some very intentional decisions, realigning some staff to bring that to life. You're going to hear a bit more about um, just, I would say, lay leader men's and women's ministry across all of our campuses. We've had some women recently step up and say, let us run with this thing. So just know that's coming. Two other things I want to tell you about, and these are a big deal. Um, one, the Hope in Real Life initiative. I hope you understand, we do exist to a large degree for those who aren't here yet. And so we have to be mindful of them. They're, they're like the one people in a church that don't really get a vote. <laughs> and so we've got to make sure that we're thinking about them. So we're, we are launching the Hope in Real Life app in January. So you're going to be seeing about that. Look, there's growth tracks as it relates to marriage, growth tracks as it relates to parenting, growth tra tracks on financial stewardship, on spiritual development. There's even a community section in there where you can like offer out prayer requests and you can see people responding to you. It's gonna be a great resource for you and for you to share with other people. So be on the lookout for this thing, all right? And let's engage with it when it comes launch time. Secondly, Hope in Real Life podcast, season two launched this week. I told you the first one we did without a whole lot of prep. That's not the case for the second. We've got a whole team of folks who are doing an incredible job. Like we're trying to figure out what are the questions that the world is asking, that all of us are asking, that our friends, neighbors, coworkers are doing. Things like, man, how do we supercharge our marriage? Again, parenting hacks. What does it mean to move from success to significance? How do I deal with the anxiety that I'm feeling in my life? And so I want you to like, subscribe, listen to this podcast 
when you're driving to work, sitting around the house, be encouraged by it, but then share it with other people. People might not be willing to step foot in a church as their first step, but man, if we can kind of get them pointed in the right direction, like, oh, maybe there's some answers to these questions as it relates to Jesus. So I want to encourage you, take that step, engage with hope in real life, use it to share with other people. Okay, last thing, beyond Christmas, a new initiative that we're launching right now. Meeting the needs of our community, local and globally, it ramps up right now through compassion with this initiative called Beyond Christmas. In the past, at Christmas time, we've done a toy store, which has been awesome, all right? Um, but what we've realized is there's a lot of other places in the community that do that as well. And if you want to minister to people that no one else is ministering to, sometimes you have to do things that no one else is doing. And then we started asking this question, what happens on December 26th? Like if a family needs a toy and we give them a toy, but then we don't have a relationship with them on the next day, what happens? And so we believe that God's led us to engage of areas of hopelessness and helplessness revolving around food, water, and education. And we're gonna do that through ministries that have relationships with these people on the ground and the ability to share Jesus with them through an ongoing relationship, okay? And so when you came in, you received a gift tag. If you're listening online, you have no idea what I'm talking about. There'll be something in the comment section. But you received a gift tag. And that gift tag represents 370 opportunities to sponsor a need that can change a life. You can provide water for a family for the rest of their life. You can provide food for a family for an entire year. Or you can provide education for a young man or a young woman in Haiti who's lost both of their parents, who's an orphan. The Bible tells us that true religion is caring for orphans and widows. Every single one of these opportunities are outside the walls of Hope Community Church. And so when you scan that QR code, which I want you to do, and you say, okay, I'm gonna pick one of these and I'm gonna jump on board. We have a relationship with them. We have a system set up so we'll know how our church is doing and supporting these initiatives. But every bit of that goes out of the walls to them. 370 opportunities. My hope is that we can knock every single one of those out by the end of 2023. That's probably enough. We got a big here, but, but as we wrap this up today, I, I want us to go back to where we started. I want to go back to the heart of Jesus. He was with the people. He was with us. He was with our friends, neighbors, coworkers. He had compassion on them and moved them to pray. And that prayer led him to action, looking forward. Man, would we continue to be that church? Would we be a church that's willing to be an answer to our own prayers? Because I'm telling you, the world around us desperately need it. You need it. I need it. But it's going to take every single one of us committing to bring this thing to life. Not out of guilt, not out of condemnation, okay, but out of gratitude and out of compassion. Remember Matthew 10, 8, it says, give as freely as you have received. And so as a church, man, we should sit in and receive the compassion and the love and the new life that Jesus has for us. Man, it should take us to go share that with our families, with our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, maybe even with people that we don't even know, but we know desperately need hope beyond Christmas. Man, I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I'm so stinking proud of this church. I really am. I'm thankful to God for what it is that he's doing through a group of just being honest, um, very imperfect people. But I pray compassion would continue to fuel our mission. Let's wrap up our time by taking a look at this video and seeing how compassion has led to action throughout 2023. Love you guys.
was frustrated with everything around learning about and being tested on God and all of these things and everyone talking about God, but it didn't seem like anyone was doing anything uh, or loving anybody. I wanted to be closer to my neighbors. And so I thought about what I could do. I went to Costco and bought 22 hot apple pies and delivered them to my neighbors. It was a little tough to do, but it was a great experience. I've seen people change as we all work together a little bit. That is contagious. Everybody needs to belong to something. How can we live like Jesus in a way that people know that God loves them and that we are there for them? Uh, right before the holiday, somebody texted me, hey, we're moving back up north, we're gonna miss you, but we have, we're gonna downsize. We have all this furniture. I don't know if you have any needs for it. We got a group of men over one Saturday morning, picked it all up, and by that evening, we had actually furnished a guy who had been living in his car. Uh, not only a place to stay, fully furnished with a bed, with a dresser, a place where it is his own for him to get back on his feet. What does God need me to start? to like help impact the kingdom. And I think for this, it's like, God doesn't need me to do that. He, he needs me to be at work where he's already at work. We look at Rise Up eight years from now, we're like, one person got saved because of Rise Up, success. I'd sent an email out just basically looking for what other community needs. So in meeting the, uh, the Freeman family, they expressed a need for having a second car, which was the purpose of them buying this, this vehicle and, and having fostering two children that, that uh, they need to run around independent of each other. So we reached out to our home office and they reached back immediately and said, we're going to put a motor in it for her at no cost to her. We opened this business to be the example and to be that light of uh, the hands and feet of Jesus. Number of kids without a home in Wake County is just kind of incredible. I was like, okay, how can we be part of the solution? And obviously a really tangible way was foster care. A friend of mine was like posting about her foster kids on social media and I worked up the courage to just call her and ask her about it. Fostering Hope, they dropped a cooler off on our porch and dropped groceries in it and, and periodically reach out and say, you know, how can we help you? We want to see Christ magnified in our communities. We can't stop this process. We have to keep this process going. We are able to reach out and touch people's lives. What it comes down to is just being open and listening to whatever God's putting on your heart to do. And that can be serving the person next to you, it can be getting to know your neighbor, going to places and searching out those people who aren't like you and actually engaging in their lives. It's just being open and aware of what the Spirit is inviting us into.